Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, hello there and welcome to another show. It's Woo! Shira. And it is Ryan. Yes. You know what, Ryan? I am highly caffeinated right now. Yeah, I could tell when you were like a tornado walking into the room. So this is what went down. I did have a breakfast. I, I didn't have to go anywhere to shoot this morning. So it was so nice. I went to a breakfast at a hotel for a meeting and then stayed there and just like had my cappuccino and was right. working on my laptop. I was living the good life. Are you literally telling the plot to breakfast at Tiffany's? Is that it? I don't know. I've never seen the No, movie. it just sounds like it would be, but <laughs> no, I don't think that is the plot. It's like I a romance. I have no clue what the plot is at breakfast uh, at Tiffany's, which feels yeah. like my gay card was just revoked because I just did not, I haven't seen that movie, but I know like the pop culture significance of it. You know, I tried to watch that once and I just couldn't. Really? Yeah. It's because it, I have a bit of a thing with and like- you call yourself an ally? <laughs> <laughs> With older movies and that are really slow and black and white and also westerns. First of all, Breakfast at Tiffany is not in black and white. I thought it was in color. They don't they got a colored version? <laughs> no, they really do. I Maybe just they watched adjusted the docu- that. Maybe like just, way back. I was literally. I just watched a documentary. <laughs> it's not the Breakfast Club. It's no, Breakfast at Tiffany. Girl, of course. <laughs> I literally just watched the d- documentary because anyway. it's a, a Truman, a Capote. He yeah, maybe a- they added that later on, like in the more modern times. Maybe. But back in my day when I tried to watch it. So it was, it was in black and white. That said, it is, uh, I, it's a great day and I just love working outside. It's so beautiful and I'm sorry for the East Coasters listening. It is hot and beautiful yeah, in LA. stop bragging. Is, but it's also climate change. Let me tell you, they say it's going to be 90 degrees <laughs> the next few days. Is that normal? Well, thank you so much, Al Roker, for joining the show today. We really appreciate it. What's coming up else on the show? Uh, well, we're talking about the metaverse and sexual assault in the metaverse. What does that mean for the future of these experiences and how do we protect ourselves at 320 p.m. Pacific, 620 p.m. Eastern? And why Adele is being accused of transphobia. That's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. 
President Biden has come strongly against the don't say gay legislation pending in Florida. He tweeted this. I want every member of the LGBTQIA plus community, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to know that you are loved and accepted just as you are. I have your back and my administration will continue to fight for the protections and safety you deserve. I mean, he's going to have to do something because he literally promised a lot of the protections for, I mean, black and brown folks. And then, of course, when that intersects with queerness and transness, like, you got to really step up here. There's a lot of things happening right now. Oh, yeah. um, and he has to be willing to, to go there. It's weird that you could be the president and you you would say you have control over things, but yet there could be so many states and cities doing wrong things that you don't agree with. I yeah, don't get for it. sure. Meanwhile, The View's Sonny Hostin says critical race theory, uh, the ban had has paved the way to the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida. You know, this falls under the rubric of parental rights legislation, right? And it started with CRT. Let's remember that. So if you start coming after these, you know, and those are anti-history laws, anti-black history laws, really. So if you start coming after black people, what comes next, right? Of course, the LGBTQ plus yeah. community, and then women, and then other marginalized right. groups. So I'm surprised that parents that sort of jumped on the bandwagon of this didn't realize that this is where it naturally leads. We've seen this so many times in our country and in history globally. Yeah, I mean, hate anywhere is hate everywhere, pretty much. Uh, now, in Puerto Rico, thousands have been marching and protesting in front of the governor's mansion over wages and pensions. Governor Pedro Pierluisi announced a temporary $1,000 monthly salary inc- increase for teachers today. That's pretty good. He said it would be extended to school principals, regional superintendents, and others. 70% of the territory's public school teachers had abandoned their classrooms on Friday. So something needed to be done. At least he, he did it. Uh, we'll continue to see what happens with that. And finally, Grinder has changed the privacy settings for people using the app in the Olympic Village in Beijing. Users in the village can still find one another, but their profiles are not visible to people outside of the village. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bloomberg had reported that the change is designed to protect the world's top athletes from persecution or harassment. So that's really good and important what, important what they did. So good on Grinder for making that change. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Okay, Ryan. so let's talk about Adele because she is really going through it. In all honesty, mm-hmm. it's, it's sad. What happened? She was I, having her moments. I, I mean, I think she still no, she, is, yeah, but she is. it's just like, girl, what is going on? So she um, is being called out. You know, she's being accused of transphobia for declaring at um, at a gender neutral award show. The Brits, right? Um, that she loves, quote, being a woman. Um, It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So um, Adele made the remark at Tuesday's Brit Awards as she collected the prize for Artist of the Year, a newly created category merging the old Best Male and Best Female Artist Awards together. Here is what she said. I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I do. I'm I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I don't know who, why no one told Adele to, to like, to like, kind of read the room when it comes to like you understand. 
like, here's the thing. I even understand what she meant, but then also, like, girl, like, saying that you got to educate yourself. It is, you are now back in the spotlight. It, things weren't so like how they were back when you initially came Yeah. Out. So, yeah. So, th- maybe she forgot. Yeah, because they, as you mentioned, they merged male and female artists, and she wants, she thought she was. She didn't forget because she said, I understand the importance of this, but I'm so happy of being yeah, it's a woman. It's, so it's tone deaf. It's tone deaf. So, despite uh, the support from the audience in London's huge uh, OT, uh, O2 arena, her comments quickly sparked outrage online, making her the latest high-profile figure accused of being a turf or a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Uh, one person said, who'd have thought Adele was a transphobe and would use her platform to call for the destruction of the trans community, especially the confused teenager? Another uh, said others complained that, of course, that they had lost a lot of respect for Adele and would no longer spend a cent on her money. So honestly... I um I don't know. I think she's gonna have to come out with some sort of statement, being like, "I did not mean it like that." Mm, I think she yeah. she probably was saying, "Oh, I I'm so proud of being a woman," but when saying that, she kind of erased the idea of like other folks who identify as women. It, it just feels weird and not good territory. And who knows? Maybe she does think like this. That's not up for us in the discussion. That's your tea report, though. We got to keep this party moving. All right. Well, it seems Mitch McConnell is breaking from the RNC on January 6th. So is a rift in the GOP brewing? That's next. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is being called out by his own party. This is getting juicy. First, for criticizing the Republican National Committee for censoring two House Republicans investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection. And then he told this to CNN. We, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. Okay, so it wasn't, as the RNC said, a legitimate political discourse. Joining us right now is Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's good to be with you both. So uh, is McConnell swaying away from his party? Are you surprised that he took this stance? No, I'm actually not surprised that uh, he took this stance. Uh, I I think... Uh, well, Mitch McConnell has always stood for, if you listen to any of his, his sort of thing, he sort of represents what is the old guard of the Republican Party and the old guard of the Republican Party during the four years of the Trump administration. It was one of those we cheer on the policies, we sort of, you know, turn our noses at everything else. And what you're seeing Mitch McConnell do here, very different and very distinct from Kevin McCarthy, the leader in the House of Representatives is really sort of call, um, you know, um, the, the RNC as well as Republican activists out on the big lie and the continued push to sort of poke holes in the American electoral system. Yeah, it's so interesting because a lot of times when a Republican just like does the bare minimum and does the right thing, um, it's it. people love to like kind of sing their praises and be mm-hmm. like, finally, we have a Republican doing the right thing. But even then, it seems like after everything Mitch McConnell has done and the kind of even the I don't know, he he hasn't really been as supportive when it comes to all things Democrats and even been on the right side of history when it comes to this. Should we really be giving that praise to Republicans who speak out against an insurrection that we all know was an insurrection? Well, that's up to the praise giver, Ryan. Um, But I will say this. I think where we continue to see this battle is there are Republicans that say that, oh, that was political discourse Mm -hmm. and it wasn't an insurrection. And 
you know, people try to sort of live on the margin when most Americans saw what they saw on television. And what you saw on TV was a group of people incited by the president walk down Pennsylvania Avenue and then attack the U.S. the United States Capitol. Definitely. So what, how, or how will this impact the RNC right now? I, listen, I don't think it's going to have a much much of an impact on the RNC. I think what it makes very clear is j- just how much in control Donald Trump is in this Republican Party. Um, he's in control. He runs the party. Wow. Uh, and as much as other Republicans try to sort of gain control back from the president, and they try to sort of whistle, you know, whittle their way out of the four Trump years, the truth of the matter is, is right now Donald Trump continues to be the leader of the Republican Party, period. It's wild. Yeah, but it does seem like some GOP lawmakers have been frustrated over the RNC's decision to kind of reopen the party's divide over January 6th. So it does feel like it is creating a rift within the party from your, you know, traditional Republicans versus your super extremist Republicans that we're seeing. There's a clear divide. Oh, uh, uh, it- I think it's absolutely crazy, Griffin. I think where you see the rift most pronounced is this. George W. Bush, the former president of the United States, gave a maxed-out contribution. I mean, this is a little bit, this is definitely in the weeds, but it's worth pointing out. George W. Bush, gave a he maxed out his contribution to both Liz Cheney and Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Alaska, uh, in this past cycle, which sort of tells you everything. These are two women who have bucked Donald Trump, who have bucked the Republican Party, who continue to call for openness and transparency around January 6th, as well as they continue to push forward for, I mean, in Lisa Murkowski's case, actual voting rights, and see who their backers are. George W. Bush, the former president, somebody who was vehemently opposed to Donald Trump on most issues. But when it comes to issues of judges, like when it came to, you know, Neil Gorsuch, and when it came to Brett Kavanaugh, when it came to Amy Coney Barrett, George W. Bush... And Donald Trump were on the same page. Hmm. Well, let's talk about what happened with Pence over the weekend, how he rebuked Trump and received an outpouring of GOP support. Of course, also people that were against him and calling him out like Nikki Haley. But what does that say about everything? Well, I think it sort of says the same thing. Trump, um, you know, Mike Pence is also trying to find his lane in this new Republican Party. uh, And he's trying to find out where he survives in it. And part of him trying to figure out where he survives in it is trying to figure out, does he buck the president? Now, where we are, the tea leaves on that one has already sort of been cast because many of Mike Pence's staffers have already sat in front of the January 6th committee voluntarily, which tells you everything you need to know. (laughs) The boss said we should sit in front of the committee, thus we said we are cooperating with the committee. Yeah, and it doesn't really seem like, hopefully, Mike Pence is trying to gear back up into, like, you know, running for president or anything, because that would be ridiculous. But I do want to know, how should Democrats really, not take advantage of, but take advantage of this this divide that we're seeing, right? Like, should they really be focusing on messaging and, and, and pushing the narrative and making sure that Republicans don't try to, you know, pursue this revisionist history? Listen, I think Democrats need to worry about their own house at this point in time. I, I mean, if... if, if <laughs> If, to, if the past two days news cycle was any under any clear clarion call that the Democrats have a messaging problem, and I don't know what else. We spent the past two days talking about the, the, the White House, even though it's false, right? They finally released a statement a couple hours ago um, giving out free crack pipes, even though that's mm-hmm. not what's happening. 
their messaging problems. Wild for story. That they, was such a wild story. Like, how does that even like, like get legs? Like that is a wild. They got legs because you had staffers that were asleep at the wheel in, in mm. the Democrat and the, with the Democratic administration. Yeah, I mean that's the only way to put it. That's wild. All right. Well, thank you again. That was Richard Fowler, <laughs> Fox News contributor. Appreciate you being here. Good to see you both. Okay, now what's coming up next, Ryan? Okay, so while Putin continues to escalate the situation, so is the situation in Ukraine actually close to a boiling point? Well, we're going to talk everything you need to know coming up next. Now- Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. As we discussed, the tensions between Russia and U- the re- Ukraine continue to rise. But where could this land the countries? And are we on the verge of World War III? I mean, there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. here. Let's dive in. We have Ryan Heath, the host of Politico's Global Insider Podcast and Newsletter. Thank you so much for being back on the show, Ryan. 
It's always a pleasure. Oh, there's that Australian accent. It's so wonderful. Uh, yes. Um, okay. Yes. So let's break this down. We've been covering this the past few weeks, um, but how has everything kind of escalated at this point? Well, uh, throughout that period, Russia has moved more troops to sort of neighboring areas around Ukraine, whether that's on its own territory in a country called Belarus. They've started to move warships into the Black Sea. Um, So essentially what they've been doing is massing tens of thousands of troops and other equipment uh, all around the edge of Ukraine. It doesn't mean they're going to invade, but it means they're able to do it if they uh, choose to do so. And Putin uh, had a press conference, and a lot of people are wondering if what he shared was a crude joke or calling him out. Can you explain? Uh, Well, Putin uh, just loves to be the center of attention. So I think that is the important thing to note about anything that that happens here. You know, a lot of it um, is around about saying Russia needs to be taken seriously as a world power again. He loves the idea that the French president or the German chancellor or the British prime minister or Antony Blinken, the secretary of state, whoever is flying into Moscow and, and sort of not necessarily getting down on their knees, but essentially having to make him the center of the conversation. So I think he does have like very specific reasons why he wants Ukraine to be kept out of the European Union and he wants it in his what he thinks of as his sphere of personal influence. But some of it is really just about his ego and sense of his place in history and wanting to be seen as this sort of big puppet master and, and, and world leader that will be in history books for, for centuries to come. Yeah. yeah, and the United States has threatened to actually sanction Russia if it invades Ukraine. What does that mean, and how is the Biden administration trying to find the balance of how involved we actually get? Yeah, so the first thing to know is there are already sanctions on a lot of um, Russian individuals connected to Vladimir Putin, but not on Putin himself. Mm. Um, so uh, the U.S. has been taking action for a long time, but sanctions are not the same as going and bombing someone or fighting back um, by handing weapons over to Ukraine or getting troops on the ground and so on. So the sanctions are kind of talked about as this massive economic consequence that should put fear in the heart of Putin. Um, but it doesn't really put the same amount of fear as the U.S. saying that it's going to, to, to bomb the hell out of, of, of um, Putin if he does this. So it's really a kind of mild response um, because Joe Biden does not want to be trapped into getting into another forever war. And Ukraine is not a member of NATO. So the difference there is that if a member of NATO, so think of all of those other um, richer European countries, if one of them was attacked, the U.S. is legally obliged to go in and fight back and, and be on the ground. But Ukraine isn't a member of NATO, um, and it has a lot of its own corruption and governance problems. And so I think that's the second reason why Biden is wary. He wants to defend democracy and not hand something over to authoritarian but he doesn't want to be trapped in a war defending a country that hasn't really done a lot of the reforms that it should have done over the last 30 years. Yeah, and, and simultaneously, and again, we're talking to Ryan Heath from Politico, simultaneously, a lot of people are saying, like, this isn't like Afghanistan, like, while people get why Biden might not want to get involved because the U.S. always gets involved, the Ukraine actually is asking for help. Is that true? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, Ukraine is full of wonderful, talented people. The majority of the country wants to be connected into the West and into democracy. They had a revolution. They had several, actually, but the most recently in 2014, spiking for exactly that and to not be in the hands of Vladimir Putin. And the other thing to be aware of is if Putin gets away with this, um, you never know which country he's going to try it in next. And China is watching. So wow. China is looking for signals about whether we as democracies uh, are willing to, to put uh, money or lives on the line to defend those principles and defend the territory of other democracies. And if Russia can get away with this here, what might China do mm. in Taiwan or in Hong Kong yeah. or in its other neighbors in the oh. Asia region? Well, and the crazy thing is this is all happening while the Olympics is going on. And it just feels like what an awkward moment, like with everything happening in the world, yes. all these people are together. Putin has got form here. So he actually invaded Georgia, one of his other neighbors, in 2008, um, right around the Olympics. And when Russia hosted the Winter Olympics eight years ago, um, he got all of the attention and love of the world during that period. And then three days later, he did the original invasion of Ukraine. Wow. Uh, so I think that he would be reluctant to really... Um, sort of, uh, I don't know what word I can use on this show. Um, he doesn't want to make... Uh, Xi Jinping angry in China, so he's probably not going to do it while the Winter Olympics are on. Yeah. But probably when we're all exhausted from staying up late watching that, um, and we're all sick to death of hearing about Ukraine after six weeks, you know, the prime moment to move is in that week after the Olympics when fewer people are paying attention. Well, Ryan Heath, thank you so much for joining us to break all this down because we have been confused. <laughs> There's still more questions I have, so I feel like we need a part <laughs> two. But yeah, we need a we need a part two. So uh, if you want to actually listen, yeah, to... you need to get me a therapist couch, and I just come in, and you get down on the couch, or I get down on the couch, and there's a cocktail, and we just oh, all of it. international Ryan, news therapy. Honestly, that sounds like a date for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, so right. if, you're, if you want to go on a date, let's just talk about it. Well, host of Politico's Global Insider Podcast and newsletter, you can keep up with Ryan Heath. Thank you. Once once again for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. All right, what's coming up next? Well, how this woman bombed her job interview and it was all caught on camera. That's next. Well, this woman was applying for a job where she had to record her answers on this company website. And she unknowingly also recorded her reaction to their stupid question. Okay, so the question is, stupid, cheesiest question I've ever read in my life. All right. What is your impression of SkyWest company culture and how does that resonate with you? So, we at work were just talking about mission statements. You know how like every company has a mission statement? Yeah, like what they stand for. Yeah. So anyway, so I was going to say, but I just can't like word this correctly. And I'm like, you have to record yourself saying it so it's so awkward. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was recording. I was practicing. So I was going to say, sorry. Oh, no. Oh, it can happen to the best of us. But she no. posted that video. It has like a million views, only to realize that then her current employer would see it. And now she's searching for a job. So she they fired her? Well, she hasn't been fired, but like she also then posted something that says, realizing my video that I posted about applying for a job now is being seen by my current employer. <laughs> Which my thing is, who cares if it's being seen by your current employer? Like, if you want to look for other jobs, you should be allowed to do that without having without having any like issues.
issues, especially if you're doing it outside of your work time. Well, it's just more awkward. But this is hilarious, though, because, I mean, one, this is a really fancy way of recording. It is. Or, like, just doing a job application. Like, I've never seen this or even been a part of, like, a digital application like this. Um, But, honestly, they need to do a better job at, you know, maybe doing a countdown and letting people know (laughs) we're about to do this because this was a one-take pre-recorded video interview. That is not fair. Tech fail. That is not fair. Uh, What's the airline? SkyWest Airlines. Is it a... Oh, SkyWest is an airline? I not yeah, Sky I mean that's West. where she was. That was I thought, where she oh, was yeah, applying Sky to. Airline. I was thinking about the magazine. You know when they had the Sky West magazine or something what? like that with all the funny things you can buy. Anyway, it, so here's the thing. Was that in the eighties? Where does that? Yes, call exactly. Back to? <laughs> it was a throwback. <laughs> would you hire someone after seeing something like this? I would give them a second chance for sure because she at least was trying to like come up with her answer and come up with like a way of doing it, and she just didn't realize. Um, so I hope they do give her a second chance. Oh, so you would give her a se- second chance? You wouldn't give a second chance to the voicemail person we covered yesterday? No, because it was a man who, who had the inappropriate voicemail it was most, message. This wasn't inappropriate. She was actually preparing herself to answer the question. Even though she said it was this a, lady wasn't a even, dumb that question. girl wasn't even like that girl wasn't even. I don't know. That girl wasn't even. Um, like her voicemail was just not it was just inappropriate too casual yeah it was just too casual it was just too like it, for me it just that, there's a clear difference here you yeah. know we can't be obtuse i think this shows just how difficult it can it be can be to apply for jobs these days you know we're in a shortage and yet you're making people submit these recorded videos and everything Coming from someone who has probably never <laughs> filled out an application their entire life, it is really interesting the way that you are. It's just... fascinating to see how people, though, yeah, apply for jobs. It's true. I've never had to do a traditional exactly. process. So, so I do got have... a lot of nerve. No, I'm saying that it's on the company. I feel compassion for people who need to go through this process of like, like I think I once or twice did I do that submission through a website thing where I didn't know anyone and I the just privilege. submitted. Um, I did you know it for my many, internship. Uh, online inter- like online applications from Panera Bread to Taco Bell. But that was to back in the day for you, to, right? To, 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 I mean, businesses that we met at. Like, I had multiple real people jobs where I had to go into, like, you know, resume, like, going down and sit for interviews where I had to do, like, applications online. Like, I had done my... Uh, 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 welcome back to the show. Lots coming up still. Yes, the metaverse uh-huh. has broken new ground in the VR space. And unfortunately, that also includes sexual harassment and assault. Yikes. Which is so weird because it's like, please, even in the meta universe, can you get your crap together, sir? Humans please. suck everywhere, unfortunately. We're going to be talking to the CEO of the group bringing these terrible things to light. That happens in 10 minutes. Plus, later this hour is comedy facing an existential crisis. Vox joins us in half an hour. Now let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Four suspects who are accused of attacking a gay couple attempted to use Florida's controversial stand your ground law in order to have the charges against them dismissed last week. Thankfully, a judge rejected their claim, saying there's nothing in that video. And I watched it over and over again that showed me that any of these defendants was in fear for their safety or lives. Now, a reporter asked Press Secretary Jen Psaki if the CDC is irrelevant now that local mandates are ruling. Well, I don't think the, the uh, federal uh, experts on health and medical advice should be irrelevant to Americans at a time where we're still facing a pandemic. This comes as mask mandates are lifted everywhere from Massachusetts to New York to even California.
And finally, the traffic to the cancellation page for Spotify Premium has jumped in recent weeks as the streaming company faces a wave of backlash over its support for podcaster Joe Rogan. The analytics firm SimilarWeb told CNN that it had seen traffic to the cancellation page spike 196% week over week. Yeah, in its most recent set of data. Oh, God. We're going to be talking about so much of that later on, yeah. right? The company said its most uh, in its most recent earnings report that it had hit 180 million paying subscribers, meaning that even if all these recent visits to the page represented actual cancellations for its paid product, it would likely not cause much damage to its bottom line. Still, it's pretty significant to know. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so it's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. And Kim Kardashian is finally speaking out about Kanye in a new Vogue interview. When I tell you she looks immaculate, Mm. she looks so good. It's time for the T-Report, like I just said. Um, Kim Kardashian is unapologetically um, is putting her own happiness first amid her divorce from Kanye West, she says. Quote, saying, for so long I did what made up other people happy and mm. I think in the last two years I decided I'm going to make myself happy and that feels really good she continued you know, on saying even if that created changes and caused my divorce I think it's important to be honest with yourself about what really makes you happy I've chosen myself and I think it's okay to choose you yes she also wants to focus on her own needs now that, uh, that she's in her 40s saying she's quote team me now of course this has gone everywhere, and uh, Kanye West saw this and decided to post on social media again, even though he hates it so much, and says, quote, God, please bring our family back together. Hmm. He posted a photo uh, from uh, the shoot where it's like her and then all the kids together. It was like a family shoot. Yeah. And um, he's like begging once again online. I hmm. think that is so annoying. Um, I, I feel really bad that she's going through this. It clearly, she's really trying to own who she is and trying to enter this next phase of her life. Yeah. And it seems like Kanye is just not letting her do that. And this makes me feel for her even more. Yeah, it's awkward. And yeah, just kind of let it go and just handle what you need to handle for the best of everyone at this point. Mr. Kanye. Okay. Uh, well, yay. I mean, if only um, Kanye was listening to the show, we'd get some great advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's your team report. We got more coming up next hour. Let's... And it, it's free, by the way. <laughs> yay. For now. Exactly. Until I give my sponsored therapy advice. Okay, well, next up, the metaverse faces a sexual assault problem. And is there a solution that's good enough out there? We've got those answers next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Lots of people talking about the metaverse lately, and it's bringing up a lot of questions. And Facebook parent company Meta is actually now using software to enforce a four-foot zone of personal space for each avatar, so each person that's in it. Um, and it comes as news uh, a few months ago, the New York Times broke this story, calling attention to the problem of, har- of harassment and assault in the VR world. Also in early December, The Verge reported that a, a user of one of these uh, platforms was groped by a stranger. And so what do we do about this? Here to share more is Imran Ahmed, CEO of the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Well, lots going on here. Just for context, can you first explain what the metaverse is and what has happened exactly that led to this? Because I think a lot of people would be like, okay, well, how do you get grouped in the metaverse and what is it? Well, the metaverse is the next big frontier for big tech. Um, that it's Basically, it's Facebook's branded virtual reality. But lots of companies are trying to get into VR right now. It's Facebook that have invested enormous amounts of money. Um, in fact, so much money that their, that their profits were down considerably, which, which really hurt their share price recently. Um, and they are trying to get into this space because they realize that it's the future of, of how, we use, um, how we use technology. Um, but the problem is that, as usual with Facebook, they've spent vast amounts of money to try and win this market. But they haven't thought about, well, you know, what are the basic rules that we need for safety and how do we enforce them? Yeah, because I think when you're, when you're thinking about it, when you're wearing like the virtual headsets and... As far as I know, the technology isn't like you're when you're in this metaverse, you're like actually feeling and having like emotional feelings. So I think the the, the question is, is how does one kind of experience grope, being groped or in that way assault, or social, yeah. sexual assault in that way? Because it does feel like even from this isn't the first time this has happened in VR. I mean, back in 2016, someone wrote a Medium article about their experience. And it, I mean, from reading that alone, it is a real feeling that they experience, which is so, you know, I mean, sad to, to hear. Well, I mean, you know, virtual reality is more immediate. It's more visceral. Like you mm. feel it, you can see it. It's all around you. That's the whole point. Is it's an incredibly immersive environment. And the articles today. I mean, there's a, a, a lady from the United Kingdom who has been featured all over the press in the U.S. talking about how she, the first time she put on a VR headset, she was immediately like flies. They descended on her uh, to sexually uh, harass her and to grope her avatar. But our researchers actually spent 11 and a half hours nonstop in virtual reality filming 
what they were seeing. And we found one major infraction every seven minutes of the basic rules of those platforms. So what sort of things did we see? We were seeing things like kids being sexually harassed. We saw um, children being encouraged to use the N-word. Um, we saw uh, someone who was literally preaching the white genocide conspiracy theory, so white, so core white supremacist conspiracies to that environment. And it, it, it was like listening to a, uh, in terms of the, the use of the N-word, it was like listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. There was, you know, one, it was people just spewing it everywhere as though it was... It was it was a normal word to use, and that's really what it is in those environments. That these in these environments, it's become normal for people to use extreme sort of racial hatred, and we know from talking to kids who spend time in there that they've now become really attuned to the fact that they can't trust who it is that's talking to them. It could be another another young person. It could be a sexual predator. Oh God! Wow! And like. It's sad because I see the possibilities and there is a positive to all these platforms, but this is like a, a huge negative and dark side to it. So I guess what are companies doing to make sure this doesn't happen? Well, I mean, you know, just before Christmas, uh, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, told parents you can buy Meta's uh, Oculus Quest headset. So they're sort of version 0.1 of the big metaverse they seek to build with billions of users is their Oculus Quest uh, headset. And they said, you can buy that. And he said, we've put safety at the heart of the experience. What we found was you can't, even their reporting system in the app is broken. So just being able to report harm when you see it is broken. And then if you report it, there's no enforcement. So I actually sent those 100 videos that we recorded, those 100 incidents that we recorded directly to Monica Bicker, who's one of the most senior executives at Facebook, and said, there's child sexual grooming in here. You need to get this to authorities. You need to identify who these people are to those authorities. Nothing. We heard not one thing from them. And really, to build a platform with safety in mind, you need to have reporting for when people break the rules. You need to have enforcement if people do break the rules. So if someone breaks the rules in that environment, is using extreme terms, you know, is breaking the community standards that you all sign up to, well, there should be consequences for it. And the, the, the problem isn't that VR isn't an amazing technology. VR is really cool. It's really interesting, and it has so many applications. But once again, Facebook have kind of have got this cool tech, but they haven't put any thought into, well, how do we make sure this cool tech isn't just basically a horrible place to be? Yeah, and we're actually speaking with Imran uh, Ahmed, the CEO uh, at the Center for Countering Digital Hate. And I, I think when you're, we're, there's so much technology, I mean, from NFTs to Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, all these things, even this, it just feels like it's the wild, wild west out there. And if it's already, people are already accustomed to a culture that's already kind of being created from people just being able to to do whatever they want to do, how do you wrangle that back in? Is it too late to, to stop people from doing the things that your study and your research shown them to already be doing? How do you wrangle that back in? You know, pretty much every industry in the U.S. is kind of subject to the law. So, like, if you make cars, if you run a cafe, there are that you have a duty of care to your users. But the funny thing is that the only industry in the entire United States that's been given a special immunity from the normal duty of care that every company has to abide by is 
big tech, internet companies specifically. And that was because a law was passed back in 1996 um, by, you know, by Congress, which said essentially that nothing that's put on there by another, by so a third party on your platform, you have no liability for it. And that's created a, a, you know, it's created legal immunity from having to care about the impact of what happens on your platform. Mm -hmm. And it's created a generation of tech executives who think that they can monetize, they can make money out of their technology and other people's content. And they don't have to worry about what the impact is of that Mm -hmm. content. Actually, there's a really big push now. And it's, it's funny, I gave evidence to Congress just before Christmas and Republicans and Democrats are on the same page and I I kind of made fun of them. I said, you know, to a Brit, it sounds like you guys are actually in agreement on something for once. Maybe you should should team up on this one instead of shouting at each other all the time. And I think, you know, that that I made the point in a very in a very uh, sort of British way, but uh, it's, it's really important to remember that actually Congress made this law, they can repeal this law. So it's yeah, there's other people sort of calling for it, people like Sasha Baron Cohen and others who've said it's time for us to repeal Section 230 mm. and actually bring back the duty of care to, to big tech because big tech has thought that it can get away with too much for too long. Yeah, and of course, this is what your organization just does. Quickly uh, tell us more about what you're, what you're working on um, and your mission. 30 seconds. Very simply, we were set up in the wake of the assassination of a colleague of mine, a a politician in the United Kingdom. When we looked into it, we saw that it had been someone radicalized by the drip drip of misinformation. And we've been trying to disrupt the networks who use hate and misinformation to cause harm ever since. Um, And part of it is down to changing the laws so that these companies that, that know what's going on, that know how much harm is being done, start to feel the heat a bit more. So it's not just us in society that bear the cost of their tech, it's them as well. Okay, that was Imran Ahmed, CEO of the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Thank you so much for being here on the work that you do. My pleasure. Okay, well, what's coming up next, Ryan? Well, is comedy facing an existential crisis after the whole Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle conversation? We got Vox.com ready to join us coming up next. Oh, my God. In the midst of the Joe Rogan media storm, comedians like Whitney Cummings have spoken out to add their two cents, which has then created a bigger conversation on what comedy itself should be. Well, joining us for this conversation is Internet culture reporter from Vox.com, Asia Romano. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now... This is so annoying, if I'm being honest, because it feels like comedians and comedy are having some sort of identity crisis. Why do you think (laughs) this is happening right now? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. I think comedy culture in general, I think, has always been really preoccupied with free speech, you know, Mm -hmm. and... Um, because I think comedians like to be able to to have the freedom, the creative freedom, to claim whatever they want as fodder for comedy. Um, but of course, now we live in a much more, um, I guess, socially and culturally diverse public sphere. We're hearing from a lot more marginalized communities mm-hmm. um, who maybe in the past were the targets of comedy and and these type and not all types of comedians, but specific comedians who you know, like Dave Chappelle, who have uh, issues with say, trans identity and so forth. And now that those comedians are hearing back from from the people that they target, um, many of them have, have become very, very angry and maybe oversensitive, we can say, about free speech and the right to their right to be able to say whatever they want and poke fun at whoever they want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you also have, you know, the rise of, of 
comedy shows like Nanette, Hannah Gadsby's sort of TED talky special that sort of really changed the conversation around comedy. And you have a lot of comedians who do social commentary kind of naturally as part of their stand up yeah. routines, but they want to, they want to reassure their audiences that no, they're not another Nanette, right? So <laughs> I think you have a lot of things fueling this right now. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, every performer is different, as we know. But I do think it's interesting what you mentioned that some comedians want to be moral thought leaders, right? When it works for them, and jokesters when they don't want people to take them seriously. So I guess, where do we land with all of this in terms of how we perceive? comedians and then how they decide to uh, perform right now and what they represent in this modern age. Right. You're exactly right. Now, I think um, it's kind of really difficult. It must be a tight spot to be in if you're a comedian who kind of wants to have your cake and eat it too, right? Like um, Dave Chappelle, for example, like I think everybody can agree that he's a brilliant comedian, but he said some horrible things about trans people and, and then kind of really distances his himself from from that type of Hannah Gadsby comedy, he wants to make very clear that that he wants to be able to make jokes that are pure jokes and and not sort of dilute his comedy with any type of like political agenda. But he also also really wants to be able to um, to make points about the way black men are treated in society, um, which he does brilliantly and often. He and, does and he it. also also <laughs> wants to be able to cut. <laughs> Sorry not to jump in there, but he does not do it brilliantly as a black queer person. I think he does a great oh, job at a, as a racing, you know, in the intersectionality when it comes to the the troubles that, you know, black folks are going through when it comes to police brutality. But I think oftentimes we get lost in this narrative of saying like, oh, you know, back in the day, it was just a different time. And honestly, I feel like I've been kind of sitting with that idea of being like, oh, it was such a different time in the past. Yes, that's true. But then also it was only a different time because the people that were being often the subjects of ridicule or may, be made fun of did not have the opportunity for their voices to be heard. And so when we think Absolutely. about that, it's still one of those things where like we were still just ignoring so many things because we wanted to, you know, like it's one of those things like the grass isn't always green on the other side or when you're blindly kind of moving throughout the world because you have your blinders on. And that's just the privilege that you get to exist in. And so I, I wonder when we're when we're really looking at this moving forward, how do we hold comedians accountable, but then also allow comedians to have exist in that space of being able to also just be smart with their comedy? <laughs> I mean, I, this is a great question. I think one consideration is that comedians who want to be moral arbiters also need to be able to to be held accountable by their audiences, right, when they get it wrong. And I do think um, you're absolutely right that a lot of the the conversation is being fueled by, um, I think, privilege, you know, and people not being able to recognize their own privilege. Um, Yeah. And and how and how it how it affects people that maybe they aren't really thinking about when they're making their routines, you know. So I think one, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not a comedian. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to tell the right. comedy culture how to do their jobs. Yeah. But I think the fact that we're having the conversation is good. It's so important. Yeah, and why does everyone need to make fun of Shay Diaz in in Sex and the City? Just well, like that's that. a whole other thing. Shay Diaz might be one of the worst characters ever, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Asia Romano, internet culture reporter at Vox.com. Your article on this was fabulous, and I really appreciate you for joining us. Thank you so much. Okay, so what's coming up? More digital culture. It's been a minute since West Elm Caleb took us by storm, but what can he teach us about dating? Yeah, that's next. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. 
That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Well, you know, West Elm, Caleb, it was this viral story about a guy who met a bunch of women on a dating app and he texted them, showed interest before ghosting them a few weeks later. Apparently he loved bomb them. Oh, that's it. A love bomb. Yeah. That's the new yeah. trend slash saying. Well, it brought up a bigger conversation around, you know, uh, people that do this right on apps where they gain interest in you. They talk you up and then they peace out. So that's dating. Here's the thing. I'm so frustrated by this story, and it was wild to, to you know, watch it kind of play out. I don't know if you all, like, saw it, but it really felt like, oh, these women, which one, the initial girl that kind of came out about this guy, she ended up getting comments being like, oh, my God, I think I know this person. I think I know who this is. And it honestly, I feel like it was just different guys. You're saying out of all of New York City, mm-hmm. all of these girls are dating this one same guy. I mean, it's possible, but also, like, girls, please relax. <laughs> And, like, these girls lost their minds over this. And he also, like, was, like, he. I think he almost, like, lost his job. It was, like, it's harder to affect his life in ways where it was, like, y'all are upset with him because he's a dater? So here's he's the dating. thing. He's it, young. It wasn't even, I don't, dating, he matched with them. There's a difference yes. between matching and talking no, and actually dating. He, he matched. He was he was matching with them. He went on out. He went out a couple dates with a few of them. Like actually, like and that's like what you do when you're single. And yeah. that's what I was saying. I and don't know why also, they were freaking out. It was just like I think the overt shaming, where it was like the um, where it's like the group shaming, where like like let's go gang up on this person. Yeah. Like that's going to make a, a difference. Of course, you could say if there's a person out there that is. You know, dating a bunch of people and ghosting them. Yeah, that sucks. You could consider that person a D-bag, right? Even though that's still, I mean, unfortunately, it's still a dating thing. Like, it's, it's still like, yeah, if you're you're not interested in someone, you could talk to someone, realize you're not interested, and then do that. But I don't know if it's, I guess, what would it teach the person? Communication. Hopefully this person <laughs> learned that. If you're not interested, at least communicate and don't just ghost. So what is yeah. the best way, and this is the question, to end a relationship on a dating app. 
Okay, so if I if we have our just only on a dating app and we haven't made any plans or we're not like, you know, going out to eat or if the conversation just stops, then the conversation just stops. Mm-hmm. Like I don't owe you like this big long drawn out message of being like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna just like unmatch you, whatever. Oftentimes, I don't even unmatch the person. The conversation. Just if it just naturally stops and they're not trying and if I'm not really putting any effort in, then that's just just what it is. I don't know why we feel entitled to have some fairy tale thing when that's just not always going to be the case. Wake up from your rom-com. This ain't sex in the city. You ain't carrying big. I like relax. I mean, there is something to be said about that. I've been in this situation where on apps, though, I never actually met the people we would talk. Literally, I'd go back and forth. A few times, and then I even moved on. Yeah, but I mean, but I get it. There are some people that are into dating apps, and some people who aren't. And there is a bit of an etiquette, right? I feel like we're on these apps more and more, and we're spending our lives there. So it's building up a bit of an etiquette of what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. So I think the best way is just be honest. Just say, hey, you know, uh, I'm feeling this is more of like a friend vibe. Like it was really nice talking to you, but I'm. You know, I want to focus on people of but other you know, things. Like, I don't even think that's a part of the edit. Like, it's a dating app. And when you're in this, like, space of dating, yeah, it has created ghosting. Yeah, it has done all these things. But, like, it's not like y'all met at a bar and y'all were texting for, like, you know, two or three days straight. Or hooked up. Or hooked up. And then, like, they just ghost you. Like, this is a different situation. And I, I feel like, you know... And when you're a young person dating, you should be allowed to date multiple people. Like, that's what dating is. Just because y'all have one good night doesn't mean that person's not going on another date the next day. What this reminded me of is, like, when this happens to you, it's annoying, right? And you vent to your friends. And you want everyone to get your side of the story and and acquiesce to you like you're the victim, right? What's that word? Acquiesce. Wow. Like lean into you. Like, your, yeah, no, I know yeah. what it means, yeah. but that was your word. That of the was day. the word of the day. Dang, wow. dang. So I think that it was like this on a bigger scale where all these women were getting worked up, having other people, uh, I guess, feed into their victimization. It's embarrassing. Right? And I think that I get it. Like, we, we don't deserve to have someone treat us like that, but also. What are you really doing? Like, how are you moving forward? How are you finding the person you want to be with instead of just complaining about someone who and, didn't give you and attention? And then the actual picture of him came out, and it was just like, y'all are doing all of this over him? Of but it shows, people. not to like call out He's fellow women. not ugly, wi- but Not like, to call out fellow women, but we tend to obsess. We tend to get really infatuated, and you've seen it in me, right? Yeah, you've seen it in yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's For true. no reason. It's very right? devastating. And from like the littlest carrot that someone dangles... They're not even giving me anything. I'm taking a, they're giving me a a little bit and I'm taking it as if it's mine. (laughs) Yeah, that, I mean, that's one way to put it for sure. But either way, I just think when it comes to dating, I feel like we just also have to kind of get used to the ups and downs. Like this is not about to be a fairy tale. And it's unfortunate that, you know, what we see on television and the storytelling there, like, it, it has kind of informed this like unrealistic situation. Like no one is sitting in a writer's well, room and writing out your life. Here's the thing. I'm going to call out people who who 
get obsessed with this and like unfortunately will focus on this instead of focusing on what they get to do and work on themselves and finding the person that's interested in them. On the other side, if you are that person, you are consistently finding yourself just ghosting people and not communicating, then you have some work to do as well. You're part of the problem. Just let someone know you're not interested so we could all move on. And Cher's the one that's in a relationship. Look at her. She clearly knows Watch all. me. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, we're back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. But next up on the show, you know, in 2022, should showing your body on camera create a stigma for actors or performers? One of the stars of Euphoria speaks out about this. We talk about that in 10 minutes. Plus, is bleisure the hot new travel trend? We'll tell you more about that later this hour. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Destiny Lachey, the first transgender contestant on the TLC reality show My 600 Pound Life, has died. No cause of death has been reported, but Lachey had shared on social media that she was deeply depressed. She appeared on the show in 2019 and had recently posted messages indicating her depression and possible suicidal thoughts, saying, if I was surrounded by all my tears, I'd be floating in the ocean, she posted last week. A message from Saturday read, to everyone who genuinely uh, love and supports me, I love you. I'm grateful to have touched millions of lives and hearts around the world. Uh, So again, if you are or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please reach out for help. Uh, We love the TrevorProject.org for what they do um, or the suicide hotline number, which is 1-800-273-8255. Now moving on to politics, former President Barack Obama will speak to the House Democratic Caucus on Thursday. Two sources familiar with that told NBC News Obama, who has kept his public appearances to a minimum since leaving his office, will participate in a keynote discussion with Speaker Nancy Pelosi. So look out for that. Now, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol today subpoenaed Trump White House official Peter Navarro for records and testimony. These are the places where we believe that if the votes were sent back to those battleground states and looked at again that there would be enough concern amongst the legislatures that most or all of those states would decertify the election that would throw the election to the House of Representatives. And I would say to you here, Ari, that all of this, again, I was, it was in, in the lanes legally. It was prescribed by the Constitution. There is a provision to go rather than through the Electoral College. Yeah, that was Peter Navarro on MSNBC last month. He served as President Donald Trump's trade advisor, supported the former president's claims that the 2020 presidential election was stolen from Trump through widespread voter fraud. So... <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, I'm assuming he might be in trouble. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so, uh, oh God, let's do a, let's do a change here in music Mm. because, um, this is more fitting. So, Nelly apologized Tuesday after a video of him receiving oral sex somehow ended up on his Instagram story. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, he said this, I sincerely apologize to the young lady and her family. This is unwanted publicity for her slash them. Um, he basically said this in a statement there. This was an old video that was private and never meant to go public. Now, while Nelly's face was not visible in the X-rated clip, his voice could be heard as he filmed an unidentified woman performing oral sex on him. Um... 
Woo! And the video, I mean, if you want to watch the video, it wasn't not, it wasn't that bad, you know. If I'm, you know what I mean? I'm saying, it, wasn't it was surprising. Video. It was actually really nice. <laughs> the video, which was uh, nearly one minute long, was quickly removed, um, but not before several of his 3.3 million followers captured screen recordings and reposted them online. Nelly's team speculated he had been hacked, telling TMZ that they are investigating a breach and are concerned that more of his private content could end up on the internet, including financial information, personal documents, and passwords. Following the alleged leak, um, Nelly's name started trending on Twitter with some users cracking jokes and others pointing out that it would be wrong to share recordings of the video as it was posted without the anonymous woman's consent. That is very, very true. I'm happy that he apologized to her and her family because that is so, I mean, it's so sad. And then also, unfortunately, there was a conversation around like size shaming and it's just unnecessary and doesn't even matter. But yeah, if you want to know more about Mel- Nelly and and see more of, of Nelly, um, just search it on Twitter, I guess. Um, yeah, that is your G report. What's coming up next in the show? Okay, well, how one actress is fighting the stigma of sex to be taken seriously doesn't matter though in 2022. That's next. Okay, so um, if you are a fan of Euphoria, you know this actress, Sydney Sweeney. Um, I mean, the HBO hit series Euphoria is one that is just taking the world by storm right now. And she actually finally feels, uh, Sydney does, finally feels that she's getting the recognition that she deserves as an actor after an already impressive resume of acting. Um, but it was really interesting because uh, she was also in White Lotus, by the way, if you watch that with, um, who was in that mo- uh, that show? Uh, oh my God! Uh, I've been uh, hearing about it. I haven't watched it. I know who's on. Uh, I know who it is, but I just can't. Jennifer Coolidge. Yes, she's... Jennifer Coolidge. Is in it. <laughs> I was like, "What right am I talking now. about?" Well, um, the star is acknowledging something that's really bringing uh, conversations to the to the forefront. Basically, she's acknowledging the difficult conversations that have taken place around her nude scenes. Mm. Um, she's challenged Euphoria creator Sam Levinson when it comes to some of these scenes that she was suggested to be topless in and uh, she still is like trying to learn how to, to approach the risque scenes with all the understanding but she's like I'm just very disconnected from it and she also feels like actresses don't often get the same kind of grace and space that men do she says but the moment a woman does it it degrades them they're not actresses they're they just take off their top so they can get a role. There's such a double standard, and I really hope I can have a little part in changing that. Huh. Um, what do you think about this double standard? Because I will say Euphoria it has done a really good job in, in ways where most television shows, they often, like, sexualize the woman, uh, the, you know, the, the the female body or the anatomy in ways that's just really uncomfortable. But they all, they're also kind of doing that to men, right? You're seeing, like, a plethora of penises in ways where it's just like, oh, they are really trying to nail this home, being like, get used to seeing it here because we've seen other parts of the other people's bodies. You need to see this as well. So what do you think about that double standard? I think that it's, yeah, for women, it feels sometimes salacious. Like, is this really needed for the storyline for this person to be naked? Yeah. Or are you just doing it because it's through the male gaze? And so I do think that has been brought up in the past. And I'm sure as someone who's like an up and coming actress and part of a new generation of performers, she's now experiencing this something that women um, have experienced for many years in this industry, but also being part of a show that is breaking ground in so many ways. 
I think that the future is that, yeah, it's it's there when it makes sense, yeah. right? Where it's like, this feels natural to the storyline. It makes sense. It doesn't feel like they're just adding this to add this for uh, the headlines or the buzz or the attention. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we're not actors here in the studio. Um, Speak for yourself. Girl, you've, I mean, <laughs> yes, Sharon has acted in some things. You know. But as a broadcaster, I was going to... Wait, gonna... I actually was topless uh, on set with Little Pasties when I was actually like... Uh, you know I have stories. When I was like, uh, I was of age, but that was very I uncomfortable. Know, you didn't lead like you were of age. I was thinking about what age I was. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was legal in Canada. Oh God! Um, but in in MTV's Undressed, okay, I was in. I was casting that series as the uh, girl in the locker room who uh, I dropped my towel in front of this guy, and while they didn't show anything on the show, right. on set though, which is also very questionable because you're like, you could probably fake this. I've done enough TikTok videos, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, just put pasties. And I guess it's more my, it was my preference um, of like, do you do a, like a demi bra or do you just have like your boobs out there in pasties? Wow. And it was an all male set. And I remember how at the time kind of like, I just went with it, but I kind of felt a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and the guy would. I was doing it with was like, it's just a walk in the park. Just think about it. It's a walk in the park. Were they naked in the locker room as well? No. <gasps> See, he had a so towel. So weird. he was like, he had a towel on with his boxers probably, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and at the time, yeah. Um, and I felt proud of myself in a way because I was like, you know, you're trying to not to use this word again, acquiesce, or at the time, you know, it was nice to get validation from people in the industry slash from men. Yeah. At the same time, you know, I would have, if I'd known what I know now, I've been like, well, this is kind of awkward. Like, where are the women here? Or like, do I really Whoa. need to be wearing like nothing? Yeah. And I mean, we kind of touched on. Sorry, that I'm, was a bit of a no, rant. But. I mean, it wasn't a rant. I think it was important that you shared that. I think it, it really speaks to what we were talking about earlier um, last hour when we were talking about, oh, it was that time period, right? It's yeah. That it was up that time. But in all honesty, I just feel like that is such a big excuse for it because there was so much uncomfortableness happening where even in this story, even it's like, it's not as like intense as a lot of the stories that we hear. But yeah. I mean, that story is very intense. But it's it's just like, there's still, there's still no excuse for what a lot of like women in, in, in people who identify as such. Yes. Um, you know, go through when it comes to being treated on set and I, and that mm-hmm. double standard does exist. Well, the thing is, it's more about saying, hey, this is in the storyline. What's the best way to capture this in yeah. a way that makes everyone comfortable? Right. Right? And so it's saying, like, I think everyone has their preferences. Some people don't care. And, like, let's be clear. Some people just like... Are, are being nude and are comfortable with that. Yeah, for right? sure. So I think it's more like, can you have a conversation versus just saying, I'm hired help and a director can just do whatever the hell they want well, with my body. As a broadcaster, though, have you felt like you had to like sex it up to land jobs? Uh, d- <laughs> not to maybe land jobs, but the feeling slash that's not true because I, I found a video recently from this bikini jam I hosted. A bikini oh, jam? Yes. Like a concert where uh, A competition, a bikini competition. Oh, God. I was, I was brought out and it was so awkward and cringy to watch this video where you could see I was playing into these men around me telling asking me these questions that were super sexual and all these innuendos and I was like, ha ha because I was so young and I'm here, I'm you're, you're I'm like, in another I'm country. I'm like getting work. Well, I'm getting work. I'm also in another country alone yeah. with a bunch of people that I don't know. So it's oh. like also I, I need to just make it work and 
uh, because I don't know what could happen, right? And I remember them telling me, like, because I wasn't like a, a bikini model girl, that's not really who I am, but telling me, like, yeah, wear more like this or show more of this. And um, and the feeling that you kind of just need to, or so, a lot of times, you know, I wear baggy clothes, or maybe clothes that cover me, and I yeah. do have a chest. And I am told, even by stylists now, and there is a bit of an empowerment around it, like, why don't you show your body more? Why are you so... Um, you know, you hide behind your clothes. You have an amazing body. You know, show it. But even then, like, you don't have to. If you of course, I don't have to. It. I love my body, and I actually, when I see myself wear certain clothes, I'm like, yes, I'm hot. You go, yeah. girl. I just think that I've gotten so used to including being um, on the other side, an entrepreneur, an executive. Um, the attention isn't necessarily comfortable, and you yeah. want people to focus on you and take you seriously. And sometimes that could be a distraction. Can I say? Thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah. I, and I, I love yeah. these moments where I feel like you you really feel safe in the environment and then allowing to remember those things that you oh, went yeah. through. There's a lot of crazy like memories that come up. Saying these and owning it and then also like just, I mean, because reliving that can just be intense. But thank you for sharing yeah, this. Seriously, you. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you for creating the space. Yeah, appreciate it. A lot of things, it's just funny, like you, we all live cat lives. Like yeah. I don't even remember these things day to day until we until talk we about talk them about on the show. Yeah. And I'm like, memories pop up. It's wild. Oh, wow. Well, Wow. Yes. All right. Well, there let's you keep go. this show going. Yes. Will leisure travel be all the rage in 2022? If so, can you ever truly relax? That's next. A new trend is popping up. It's called the leisure travel, business travel, and leisure leisure travel equaling leisure travel. I hate this, like the name, so much. But also, like, if I'm being honest, any of the travel that I've done has been leisure mm. travel. Yeah. Like literally, I've, if I've gone somewhere, it's been work related. Yeah. And then I also kind of would end up having some downtime uh-huh. where I, you know, that's where the leisure jumps in. Well, that is it. But in this case, it's also that people are deciding to travel and work from the places they're traveling. So they're becoming nomads, right? Like digital mm. nomads. So they're letting go possibly of their place or, you know, uh, renting it out. And they're deciding to go, say, to Bali for two months or even a month and work from there right so it's saying like i'm gonna go somewhere to work but i'm gonna also go somewhere where i want to go visit and travel which is becoming this new thing which really the phenomenon grew during the pandemic that's a that literally feels like a pandemic you know thing yeah but oddly enough and in this article uh, they say the thing uh, it's ironic that for many individuals the same tech that frees them up to work while they play and play while they work also limits their leisure time because you're kind of in this amazing place and you want to experience everything but remember you still have your typical work day just somewhere beautiful you know i guess you're you're taking your calls from the beach or a cafe in thailand or maybe in italy yeah but for me like my thing is like doing that is cool but if i want to travel i just want to travel to like vacation and like not have to work and so like this idea of like leisure like it really just continues to fuel this like hustle culture that this like art our country is all about and when you think about overseas and england like they do those four-day work weeks and like hustle culture is not a real thing or over there they have like two weeks of yeah. vacation like in france it just makes no sense have, i mean two months of vacation during the summer like people take the summer off 
That, that yeah. does not happen here. I just don't. I just don't like it. I just if I want a vacation, if I want to travel, I'm going to do that where I don't have to look at emails. I don't have to worry about deadlines. I don't have to worry about any of that because I am here to vacation. I've worked so hard, of course, to lead up to this moment. Well, I think, I'm not doing both. Yeah, you can have that as well. I think it's the idea that a lot of people wait their entire lives or even like push their vacation time, right? And then it becomes, oh yeah, I'll do that at this this age or I'll do that when this life thing happens. And it's like, well, no, the time is now. Can you create a win-win scenario where you're getting your work done, you're making money, but you're also able to do it in environments that are great, right? That you're inspired by. That's also not as realistic? I mean, yes, I think... It's getting to be more realistic. It's not, but I think it's like it is getting to be a bit more realistic as more companies go virtual. Yeah, but I also think more companies, if it starts to get into the way of like your work... They're going to like draw back on that. Like, yeah. you know, people are already having folks go back into work. Like, you're, they're, they're no longer allowing people from work from home anymore because capitalism fuels everything. At the same time, that's true. Capitalism does. But look at some of the biggest companies out there making the most revenue, right? Um, Google. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the others like Facebook. <laughs> uh, even though uh, if you look at their stock right now, maybe doesn't uh, doesn't reveal that. Right. But... Most of those bigger companies uh, that are leading the way, right, in innovation and company culture, as we talk about, are the ones that are going virtual and saying to people, yeah, you can work anywhere. Also, I would say a lot of startup companies, if you look at this new wave of like Web3, the metaverse crypto, NFT, wait a second, it's a very, these companies are, they're global, right? Um, And they're thinking globally, which means they're not going to be limited by everyone being in one city. I think that's so limiting. And actually, you talk about privilege. Not everyone can live in a city like Los Angeles, where rent and cost of living is so high. Why are we limiting how we grow our companies to the to living in one city it's so ridiculous there's so much talent out there so i think personally that's the future i would love and you know i know our boss listens right now is like i would personally love some flexibility where i could do the show maybe somewhere else for a moment not to say forever or you know here and there if i want to go somewhere for a month and still do the show although it is very it's hard it's really nice to watch you dig this hole for yourself it's not a hole you're this like is digging a, your no, hole it's not and a it's hole. really nice it's not and a hole. honestly you know, f- yesterday we were talking about you know certain things and i was like brian if you're listening <laughs> she's really throwing out the signs here no this so my friend um has this has this company she was in italy mm-hmm. doing her her classes with at uh, Who time are you trying here. to convince here I'm just saying, it's happening. <laughs> this Times are changing, and people are doing this and living their best life. So, <sighs> you know, make it happen. I think the, that uh, companies, if they want to get the best talent out there, they need to be open to different models. I mean, our show is called Let's Go There, and honestly, we don't even travel. We don't go anywhere. <laughs> Would you accept an engagement ring with a history? Okay, this happened to one woman who discovered that her engagement ring wasn't originally for her after Googling uh, her fiancé's name. Okay, so uh, this TikToker who goes by user at HREB. I love it. It's like TikTokers... Make Please, news every not, single day. I was going to say, well, let's not go down the the, uh, the process of making your username. 
So she stumbled on. <laughs> no, but like I'm just—it's amazing how just every day TikTok makes news like this. So she stumbled on something unexpected when she Googled her fiance's name. Uh, there weren't any photos of her fiance's exes or cringy Facebook posts, but rather a review for an engagement ring, her engagement ring, which meant that she was not the person it was originally bought for. I don't even know how this comes up. These are these random things that happen. You're like. The universe is an interesting thing. Oh, so he recycled the engagement. Yeah. She used a text on the video and wrote, when I randomly decided to Google my fiance's name on the couch and saw a review written on a jeweler's website for my engagement ring before we even met and added in the post, Sally, this is very true. Stop. What do you do? Do you then break uh, off the engagement? <laughs> uh, no, I don't break off the engagement, but I do make him go buy me another one because that is so lazy. <laughs> Someone, and then also, like, he should have, like, let the girl keep it. Because isn't that the mm-hmm. thing? Like, you let them keep the ring and then they can just do whatever? Because it's a gift. Uh, no, people spend a lot of money in this. Usually, it is a bit it's of a... It's a gift. Wait, I believe. I don't know the, the full etiquette on this. You wouldn't feel but, a certain way if, like, you got proposed to and then, like, wait, y'all decided that it's not going to no, happen. No, I think I would have a conversation. Just be like, if you want, you can give this back and get your money back. It's a lot of money. It's not just like, hey, here's a gift. Yeah, but... Like, people have insurance on this stuff. Like, it's not uh, like you well, joke maybe, around maybe, about it or just, know, like, Maybe play the type with. of man I want today. He, he ain't going to I don't even want to keep that. It's like bad juju. Like, that's why take I go, it back. Yeah, that's why I go pawn it and give me some money. Or say, let's get money together. But usually, if it's the per, I think the right thing to do... Unless you're I don't think this like, is an ethical or moral thing. I'm just saying. This is just whatever you no, choose to do. Unless, Stop putting moral boundaries wait, and ethical like rules on something that is just simple. Here's the thing. Unless maybe it ended badly and the person was not a good person and did sketchy exactly. things. Then, yeah, I would say then it's like, F you. I'm taking this and I'm exactly. going to do it. Yes, of course. But in if... In a regular, maybe healthy dynamic, which um, not a lot of people have. Doesn't it make him worse, though, that he recycled it and well, gave so, it to yeah, a, so a new said, girl? One person joked, he really said, reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> <laughs> which I guess that is, like, if you're thinking about it, the whole recycling, climate change conversation. Yeah. Did he do the right thing? But I would, I think that it is kind of cringy for the person not to mention anything, unless it was, of course, it's a surprise. If anything, then maybe after the fact, say, hey, you should know this, like, no, maybe. I don't there know. is no, there is just some things that you can't so, recycle. Here's the I'm thing. just yes. sorry. It's, you it's just cannot awkward. recycle wait, that type of stuff. Unless it's an heirloom. No. Well, well, wait a yeah. second, right, and and the person like yeah it, yeah exactly, yeah, and they gave sure. them back, gave it back, and you, you said, well, you want this person to have it. Yeah. Yeah, family heirlooms, yes. Yes. If my if my partner gave me a ring that he had given someone else, I would just been like, no, I'm sorry. But like you are all kind of doing that. Also, we, when because we were talking about this. Because y'all are to do the same process that he did with his wife. Well, his, his ex. His, yes. So I found out. And actually, when I met my partner as friends, he told me how him and his, um, his ex-wife had, and I'm, I feel like I'm like sharing personal stuff, but whatever. Girl, it's um, the radio. Are you, are you just now new to this? <laughs> Tune in Tokyo. <laughs> like she was like, so, oh, I can't believe I'm just sharing things. So, uh, so basically, they made their rings by hand. They got a bunch of, they got a, a chug of gold, and it's actually cheaper than a, an actual ring. And they went to a jeweler and handcrafted it like ghosts when you're handcrafting the clay. So, which I just think is so romantic. Is and so I said stupid. it to him when I when I heard the story, I go, oh my God, that's so romantic. I want to do that with someone. Well, he ended up being the person I'm with. So we've said that we would probably want to make our ring. However, this is a tradition. Let's be clear. It's not just like something they did together. This is a tradition from another country that they're, they, they don't like America. We're Americanized and capitalized. They're not into the diamond thing where you have to just like buy an expensive diamond. Oh, so there you're are still just co-opting their tradition though. I'm selling. 
celebrating it. <laughs> You're appropriating, appropriating their tradition. No, we're saying we like this and we don't believe in what we're doing here. So we want to bring it to America. I just That is just a process that he's already done with someone else. Is there a newer process? I mean, if you want to appropriate yes, something, well, we are- look into some <laughs> other cultures. Look into something else where they're doing <laughs> Actually, we thought of doing a tattoo because, like, okay. I have a heart tattoo and how it would be like an arrow oh, from I his you had finger that. to my finger. At any rate, I definitely would, yeah, would not feel comfortable having uh, you that You shouldn't ring. feel comfortable doing that, that process thing. You know what? I think it's a beautiful process, yeah. and I'm willing to create a new memory. All right. Well, we got to go. <laughs> so coming up next, we've got What's Trending This Hour. Oh, my gee. Dolly Parton, some news about her that's going to make you just celebrate her even more next. Okay, we're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. This one goes to Chantal Wong, who's been confirmed by the Senate as U.S. Director of the Asian Development Bank, making her the first out lesbian and first LGBTQ plus person of color to serve in an ambassador-level position. I mean, we love when people... Unfortunately, like, we love it when they're the first, but it also sucks, like, when they're the first, right? Yeah. It's 2022. Feels like we are way past first. But shout out to the incredible hard work that it takes to get into that position um, because she deserves it. Yeah, she's had over 30 years of experience in different fields that include finance, tech, and the environment, according to the White House. So definitely well-deserved. And she actually was inspired by the late Congressman John Lewis. Mm, also, uh, wow. Lewis, Uh, She wrote in her Facebook post last year, taught me about making good trouble, but necessary trouble. That's it. Yep. That's perfect. A big yes queen to Chantel Wong. Oh, let me. We got to get the the yes queen. I almost did the actual (laughs) one. Yes, queen. There you go. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Coming up tomorrow, the Trevor Project is joining us to talk about a new study they have about those who are unhoused and mental health. Plus, should a bartender be forced to pay back after being robbed? That would be crazy. Imagine you having to pay that back. Oh, no. Yeah, that, I have thoughts. <laughs> that's tomorrow's show. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Sharon Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Loveline with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about the boundaries and rules for friends with benefits. Ooh. That's next. All right. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.